<clears throat> so we are um, not, not even 24 hours into the retreat, but it feels like we've been doing a lot of work and, um, and we've been here for a while, we've been present, very present uh, with our practice. And, and some people are touching things in their bodies, uh, becoming aware of, um, of uh, holdings in the body that are painful. And this is, uh, this happens. This is a normal part of practice. That when we take time to be quiet, we, we come apart from all of the busyness of our lives, uh, we stop um, engaging ourselves in many activities and distracting ourselves from what's going on in the body and the heart. Um, that we, uh, we can begin to get in touch with things that are painful. So, so I just want to let you know that, um, that that's not unusual at all. It's okay. In fact, it's even, um, it's even a sign of good practice. Now, when I began practice, uh, was a number of decades ago, um, four decades or so, uh, I, um, I came to practice because uh, I was experiencing a lot of suffering. Um, I had experienced uh, loss and trauma, and I was very confused. Part of it was the era, you know, uh, it was the 60s. And, um, and, yeah, there was just a lot happening in the world. It was very confusing. Um, and, and a lot was personal. Um, and somebody told me that, you know, I should go to this place where they taught meditation. And, um, and I practiced meditation. <clears throat> And I practiced a form of meditation and developed uh, a practice of meditation that was primarily based on concentration. So I was attending to the breath and coming back to the breath. And every time, you know, I felt something, I felt some pain or, or difficulty in the body, I would just come back to the breath. Very, very uh, strict practice. Uh, and I developed great concentration. Um, and the mind was very focused, and, um, and I was very much out of touch with um, my emotions, my body. Uh, it's something that's called in uh, spiritual practice, it's called spiritual bypassing. So they were, they were, it was helpful for me, perhaps, at the time, uh, in a certain way, because I at least felt like I had some uh, some ability to uh, to be stable and to attend, um, because I had completely felt like I was falling apart at the time. 
But uh, in the long run, you know, it didn't, it didn't take me beyond that. Um, and, um, and then I moved into other kinds of contemplative practices, which um, helped me to connect more with uh, some of the, um, the traumas, the pain. Uh, there was some healing that I experienced. And then, um, so a couple of decades into my practice, I moved into insight practice. And, um, and that was where I felt, you know, I really began to deepen in practice. <clears throat> and I began to realize that all of the pains and the, uh, and the aches and the tightness in the body uh, that I felt... You know, we're not something that were just annoyances and I had to get through or I had to endure, um, but they actually were uh, the practice. In, um, in Buddhism, in Buddhist teaching, uh, I mentioned last night, there's not this separation between the body and the mind that there is in the way we, um, we think in Western civilization. I, I know that there are other cultures that uh, don't have that split, um, uh, or at least not nearly as much as we do. And, um, and so, you know, we emphasize so much uh, our thoughts. And we, we come to believe that, that we experience the world through the mind. If we don't understand something, if we see something, and we don't understand something, we dismiss it. Uh, if it doesn't fit into our concepts, into our beliefs, into our ideas. Not everybody, of course. I'm making big generalizations. But, but we, we struggle with um, uh, things that we can't understand conceptually rather than um, being present with and opening to and exploring in a very sensory way what is this experience that's happening. So, the field of the body is a much more capacious, open, um, uh, field in which to to encounter and express the world. When we when we hear the instructions in the beginning of practice, um, 
be mindful of the body in the body. Uh, sometimes we don't know how to do that. Now, how do we bring our, t- our attention, our, our awareness into the body? And so it can feel like a struggle. It, it may feel like, you know, I don't feel anything. It's, uh, there may be a kind of numbness or a, an impenetrability. But little by little, we, we begin to learn how to just move in, bring our awareness to uh, inside the heart, inside the feet, inside the hands, and experience the aliveness there. It's not a world that we can classify and conceptualize and make sense of in our intellect. It can be dark. It can, it's silent. It can seem chaotic. But as we enter in, we begin to discover not that we are bringing awareness to the body, but that the body is already aware. The body is conscious. And so we discover consciousness within the body. We discover aliveness, presence in the body. In a way, we rediscover this because if we look at children and how they are in the bodies, in their bodies, um, they're much more whole and integral in their bodies. I'm not saying that children are free, are necessarily wise or liberated. They're driven by passions, driven by fear. Um, so, but but there is a uh, a sense of integration and wholeness that we can see the way they move, the way they play. Young children, especially. I'm just uh, I'm just thinking, you know, Janet, who teaches Feldenkrais, you know, usually begins um, her lessons by talking about how this teacher of this very beautiful natural way of movement and being mindful in the body just looked at infants and the way they moved in order, first of all, to heal himself and then to develop the system. Of, uh, of healing and mindfulness in the body. So, so in a way we are rediscovering the aliveness of the body, rediscovering how to live in a way that... Um, is embodied.
that we are embodied beings. So you can see that this is a way of letting go. It, it requires that we let go of this sense of the body as object. You know, that we're, look, we're outside looking in at the body. We need to inhabit the body. And so in, in our practices and in the yoga practices, we're really emphasizing that in this retreat. One of the ways that Vipassana is taught um, is, uh, is doing a sweeping practice, a sweeping of awareness um, through the body, from the head to the toes, and then from the toes back to the head. And moving into uh, every little corner of the body, every little place, in a very methodical way. And, um, and that's, that's a really interesting practice, and it can be good to practice for a while. It may not be uh, something to practice um, continuously. It's not, it's not something I, I choose to practice as a, an ongoing practice. But it's very interesting to do because it brings us into... Um, this presence in parts of the body that we may avoid just unconsciously because there's some pain or some tightness or some uh, uh, some knot um, something that we're holding deep inside and um, and so we cut off awareness from that part of the body. And so that when we, when we very methodically go through and look and, and discover all the... It, it's just full of sensation. The body is just full of sensation. Like every, every little, you know, micro part of the body is just filled with sensation. Reminds me of... Uh, if you ever have gone out into the desert or into um, you know a place where it's the sky is very very clear, you know, and looked up at the night sky, and it's like full of stars. And then if you if you use binoculars, you know, you see that even behind the you know, the, the stars there are more stars and more stars, and uh, and and you know living near cities we you don't usually see that but it's like that in the body it's just full of sensation all kinds of sensation tingling sharpness throbbing warmth coolness numbness tightness all of our thoughts all of our emotions are experiences of the body our thoughts don't just happen in the brain, which is part of the body. Um, but but when we feel, when we have a thought, we also feel it somewhere in the body. But we're usually not focusing on that. 
a memory, uh, a projection into the future. It's all known in the body. It's all, it's all a body experience. But we get so attached to the concepts uh, that we think about, you know, as forming our lives, as being the sort of the um, our lives are played out, you know, in the mind, in ideas about what we need to do and who we are and and where we came from and what we where we're going to, and so um, we are so attached to all of these stories and ideas that we. Um, we're kind of disconnected, we're quite disconnected and cut off from knowing that, uh, that everything that happens, everything that we think, that we feel, is a body experience. So, so as, as I was saying, um, when we when we begin to bring mindfulness into the body, uh, really exploring it deeply, being that, be, becoming that that presence, uh, the, a teacher. There's a teacher, Tara Brock, uh, uses the expression "loving presence." So, bringing loving presence into the body, and we discover all of these different painful places. That's, that's something that we discover early on in practice. And it can be uh, difficult. It can be dis- disturbing and difficult, challenging to be with. It's why people who, um, uh, who begin practice, you know, it, it's partly because, uh, you know, as we learn to sit, I was going to say it's part. It, the reason people who are beginning practice have a lot of pain is 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 largely because of these all of these holdings, this tightness. You know, it's it's partly also because as we learn to sit, we you know we stretch different um, ligaments and we can develop more capacity for sitting. But it's it's also uh, I think primarily because of all the holding in the body. You know, if you if you hold your fist for a minute like that, just clench your fist, you know, tight, 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 and just hold it. It's, um, it takes a lot of energy, doesn't it? It takes a lot of energy. And, and then when you release it, if you hold it, maybe we didn't hold it quite long enough, but it can, it can feel almost painful when you release it because because it's uh, you know your the blood is coming back into it and it's opening up and and um, and that happens uh, in in the body in other parts in the body and and when we when we begin to discover how much we're holding we begin to also discover how much energy it takes to tighten around these um, these knots, these places where we're avoiding, we're pushing away. 
So it's really, um, it's really an opportunity. It's a joyful opportunity to uh, to open to the pain in the body. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel like uh, fun all the time, but it it is really an opportunity. There's um, there's a poem by uh, by Rumi. Um, uh, Rumi is a if you don't if you're not familiar with him, he's a, a 12th century Sufi poet, a mystic, a philosopher, and um, and one of his most famous poems and one of my favorites is called the Guest House. Anybody ever heard it? Uh, I love introducing this poem to people. <clears throat> this being human, this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door, laughing, and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, for each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So as we encounter these places within ourselves of pain, what do we do? Do we push them? Do we struggle with them? So, I'm going to tell you a key practice that takes you through all levels, all spiritual practices. It's really very, very important and very key. And it's so simple. Simply being present with in a kind, open way with whatever appears in the body, in the mind, is all we ever have to do, whether it's fear, shame, malice, the dark thought. We don't need to struggle with it. We don't need to get rid of it. We don't have to say a hundred Hail Marys for forgiveness or whatever other penance we may feel is appropriate. We don't need to do any of that. We just need to be with it, to see it, to know it as 
simply a thought, a sensation, uh, an energy in the body. We, when we can be mindful of it, remember mindfulness being this present moment awareness which doesn't grasp, doesn't resist, doesn't get attached to preferences, um, just accepts with kindness, with compassion. We see that it, it is, um, its nature is impermanent. Its nature is to move. Its nature is to arise and manifest and, and pass through us. Its nature also is not self. It's not who we are. It's not, it's not something that I control. It's not something that I need to define myself as or identify with as myself. It's just what it is. It's just causes and conditions in the body. Maybe habits of, of tightening, you know, when, uh, if, if there was a lot of fear in our early life, and so the body has learned to tighten in fear. And so then we encounter that. And we, we know it in that spacious, presence begins to shift, to move, to open up. Maybe not in a moment, maybe not in one sitting, um, but over time we see how it begins to change and open. Um, and um, and, in, and when we learn to be with our experiences in the body, you know, as, as new material comes in, as new emotions arise, as the fear comes up in this moment, as the anger arises in this moment, as the grief comes up when we feel a, a great loss, the body has this capacious quality to, to abide with, to be the container for, the arising and the manifestation and the passing away of, of these strong emotions. Um, I mentioned Gil Fronsdale earlier today um, and uh, that I, I was inspired in reading uh, some of his, uh, his uh, listening to his talks and reading some of the things he's written about the body and um, he said that um, I don't know if I said this last night <laughs> losing track but he said that uh, the word sati which is um, the Pali word that is translated as mindfulness, so sati, 
uh, is in the language of the oral teachings of the Buddha. Um, the Pali Canon uh, contains the, all the Theravada teachings, the, the, these early teachings. And, um, and this word sati happened to be translated as mindfulness. Um, and we've developed a, a definition of what mindfulness is. But the Buddha emphasized so much in his teaching um, presence in the body that, um, that, that Gil Fransdale says it very well could have been translated as bodyfulness. I'll read you a couple of things that the Buddha said about practicing in the body. He said, if the body is not cultivated, the mind cannot be cultivated. If the body is cultivated, then the mind can be cultivated. And what he means when he says cultivated, you know, he means practiced with, practiced in, bringing our practice to the body. There's that quote I read last night, which uh, I'll read again. There is one thing that, when cultivated and regularly practiced, leads to deep spiritual intention, to peace, to mindfulness and clear comprehension, to vision and knowledge, to a happy life here and now, and to the culmination of wisdom and awakening and what is that one thing? It is mindfulness centered on the body. And, and another very oft-repeated thing that the Buddha said was, within this very fathom-long body, with its perceptions and inner sense, lies the world, the cause of the world, the cessation of the world, and the path that leads to the sensation of the, the cessa- to the cessation of the world. And when the Buddha is using the, the word world in that in this sense, he's talking about samsara, which is another uh, word, Pali, Sanskrit, which refers to just the flowing on and on and on of suffering, causing more suffering, causing more suffering. So, when we, when we are in the body, when we're attuned to the body, when we are really listening in the body, we can experience a shift of the pace at which we live. In our daily lives, 
You know, our minds are just going, going, going. How many things do I have to do today? What's the next thing on my list? Have I finished this? Somebody's waiting for that. Our minds are always jumping ahead, jumping ahead to the next thing. Or worrying about what we just finished, or did we do it right, or is it under control? That's kind of the mental time, we could say. But when we learn to be in the body and live in the body, we can tune in to body time. We do that sometimes when we're, uh, when we just go away, you know, if we just go on a, a trip to, into nature perhaps, or some people uh, just go to a beach or, you know, or, or go camping. And, um, and we can tune into the body for a while and really listen, what, you know, what's the body need right now? What's the body saying? You know, what's the pace at which the body wants to go? What a different pace uh, that we experience when we're attuned to our bodies. another poem that I I wanted to read <clears throat> So our bodies our bodies are are uh, are present connected They're part of all that is. When we are present in the body, when we're contemplating the body, we realize that we're connected to everything. We're just, just picking up a glass of water and, and drinking we can experience our deep interconnection. Taking a breath, walking on the earth, experiencing the support and the, the, the human experience of being together in a community and how, how that supports us so much, uh, how we need other people is um, is an experience that we can feel directly in the body. And that's that's wisdom seeing that we're not separate, we're not uh, somehow this self that is contained and solid and apart and separate, that 
we are interdependent and connected. So that's wisdom to see that. And it's also love to know that connection directly with the body is love. We all feel it and we all want it. So can taking a drink of water be an act of love, an act of being loved? Can we know that that life has loved us into being? There's a, there's a poem by Hafiz Called, um, and it's this translation or interpretation is by Daniel uh, Ladinsky. Um, so Hafiz says, um, Hafiz says, admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course, you do not do this out loud, otherwise someone would call the cops. Still though, think about this, this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye that is always saying with that sweet moon language, what every other eye in this world is dying to hear. I'll read it again. Admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course, you do not do this out loud, otherwise Someone would call the cops. Still, though, think about this, this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye that is always saying, with that sweet moon language, what every other eye in this world is dying to hear. Let's just sit for a few minutes.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.